Uh, it's time to have a nice, refreshing... Wait. What the hell is this? Something's gone terribly wrong. Hmm, still tasty, though. Today we're talking about alternatives. Those malt beverages that aren't quite beer. So crack open a Zima and come in and have a drink. to have a drink the show where you learn along with us about what you drink i'm Brittany lee walker i'm justin frazier i'm christopher walker and i'm casey price <laughs> i think we should change the intro to that glorious drink called whatever it's in our glass <laughs> <laughs> i like that <clears throat> yeah this time it expands beyond the beers and we as we have been for a while yeah i gave up feels like it i changed it to the what you drink because i'm just like you know we, <laughs> we've even done the beer thing really for dedicated for a while Mm-hmm. I mean, outside of the video, which you can watch at DiamondClub.tv or <laughs> Twitch.tv slash Have a Drink Show. Nice. Or YouTube.com YouTube. slash Have a Drink Show. <laughs> I felt that was already going a little far. <laughs> Jumping ahead. Hey, yeah, that's announcement territory already. We're good. Yeah, well, uh, we have we have banter. It says so in the script before this. <laughs> so what have you guys been up to? All work. Yeah, I know that feeling all too well. Um, yeah, yeah, it's been it's been boring lately. I haven't had anything outside of today, where uh, I picked up uh, what I'm calling Stone's uh, "Enjoy by My Birthday." Yeah, <laughs> nice. We can't find it anywhere, so this is going to be an "Enjoy by." I just have to miss, which mm. makes me sad. I'll bring some up. Right, it'll be past. I see you guys before then. No. Isn't, no, you're, never mind. Your, your birthday's before Oktoberfest. <laughs> just gonna see. You're just gonna wake up one morning, walk out to leave, and there's gonna be two <laughs> bottles of beer before the fourth on your, I mean, on your doorstep. Like, <laughs> when did he do this? Trust me, we have enough to drink around Oktoberfest as it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is I also cool. it's, it is Mertzen time, and I I walked through there. I was like, okay, I can only buy one six pack. <laughs> So I had to share it. Um, we still didn't see that. Sam movie. Adams shared the video on Facebook of yes. a guy just walking up to a gigantic display of Oktoberfest, and he just stares at it with his arms on his hips, and then he goes wide and like just hugs it. He just like embraces the giant stand of Oktoberfest. So, I will say, I was wandering around the liquor store and only saw, uh, noticeably saw, one pumpkin beer, which was from Schlafly. Hmm, yeah. And then, and then there's just a couple. There's a couple different Oktoberfests that were, you know, kind of outside of the shelves, trying to say, "Come buy me," 
Yeah, we've we've the Sierra Nevada one's been out for a minute now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Beyond that uh, though, it's it's been pretty pretty I don't know, pretty low on the season creep. Yeah, the Well, I grabbed some I grabbed some October fuel though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. So pumpkin Sam we're Adams. seeing Oh, Fall yeah. pack is out too, and it's oh, got yeah. their pumpkin beer in it. We we just bought oh, yeah. it for that video episode. It, it's a, which mm-hmm. is a few weeks away, but we just we were like, well, went ahead and grabbed it while we could. I was like, I, I have time because I spent more money than I should have on on beer today. Oh, understood. Isn't that really always weird. the case. <laughs> Hopefully not just for the show. I mean. No, no. <laughs> like I bought some stuff for the show. This was. One of the few times I wasn't shopping just show related. It was like, no, my fridge is kind of empty. Finally, stock this some bitch back up. <laughs> I don't think we're ever gonna have that problem again. So yeah, this year I think nope. we're seeing the backlash because uh, on pumpkin beers. Because last year, I mean, it was just gobs of pumpkin beer. Yeah. It was everywhere. Not all of them were good quality, but this year locally, nobody's making one. And yes. uh, I think Mad Tree yes. pump Good. can, Good. the pump can from Mad Tree, which is one of our favorites. No longer they're, happening. Um, they still had cans left over that they didn't use last year. So they're running a very small batch just to fill those cans. And then they're retiring the entire beer. It won't even be draft available. Uh, there's another mm. one, like all the local ones, there will be no pumpkin beers locally. And I think uh, today, the only ones we saw on shelves nationally were the O'Fallon ones and... Uh, Fish Head. I've seen Dogfish, and there was another one. Um, mm. Crap. Oh, uh, Southern Tier. Southern Tier, yeah. They're, they're uh, uh, Pumpkin and Warlock are both yeah. out. I think I missed Southern Tier's Pumpkin. So, Warl- uh, I, actually, I like Warlock better than Pumpkin. Oh, Pumpkin. Well, Warlock yeah. isn't a pumpkin beer, but it's just well, it's, a big, the, dark Imperial Stout. Well, it's the spices. It's like the fall yeah. you know, stuff. It's good. I like it. Um, Casey, uh, we heard a child crying, so you obviously aren't at home. <laughs> <laughs> or or there's an amber alert going on <laughs> there we got an amber alert last we night did. Like, oh, yeah <laughs> we did that was, that was really then, yeah because i was at D and all of a sudden my like me and someone else's phone goes off and i look down going what is going on we were at an out- i don't remember turning this notification system on we were at an outdoor <laughs> movie at, in the in a park and everybody's phone was started vibrating at once and there were like 50 people there 50 wow. there were a couple hundred maybe, maybe there. 100 there yeah it, that was nuts. It's pretty great. It's the first, um, the first mash like a uh, large showing I've been to of uh, Princess Bride. So it was great oh, to be there. Whenever one of those big inflatable, you know, when everyone's screens, yeah, you know, like sh- shouting out quotes and everything. <laughs> Look, I, nice. I've had people watch that movie with me, and it is an unpleasant experience for them because <laughs> you just talk through the whole thing. I well, I'm not talking to anyone. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying the lines. Somebody right behind us was doing that the entire time. <laughs> but it's Again. okay. I mean, it's just expected. Yeah, that's what you do. It's, you're you you're expecting at the beginning. Everyone is shouting inconceivable. <laughs> inconceivable. You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> but yeah, stumbled upon some Abita root beer, like non-alcoholic root beer yeah. from Abita. Absolutely delicious. They also have an alcoholic version of it. Ugh. Yeah, they have the a hard... hard root beer. Yeah, it's a, the Bayou Bootlegger huh? we saw it in six packs. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Thought about that. Hmm. I wish that I would have that. Yeah, that'd be perfect for this episode. It was only in six packs, so we had to pass. We were not buying ah. another six pack of something to hang in the fridge. Hmm. <sighs> but yeah, uh, it's gonna be a gonna be a burpy episode. I feel. <laughs> yep, I have a feeling it will. So let's go ahead and get some announcements in. 
Right. Um, so we wanted to let everybody know, aside from the uh, the whole thing we brought up before about where we're streaming now. Um, speaking of that, our next video will be uh, slightly different than our normal uh, sampler pack tasting kind of situation. We've sampled them all. <laughs> None left. No, nowhere near. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're going to be doing What's Your Price? The Beer Buyout Trivia Game. That's going to be Sunday. I really need like a cheesy... I know. Uh, I need. I need to look for some like um, stock, like game stock show music, music that sounds like The Price Is Right. Yeah, something. Um, but so that's gonna. Yeah, be but s- I need it with like a bright background and like stars flying everywhere <laughs> with just Casey in a suit and a tiny little Bob Barker microphone. Wait, does this camera do the green screen thing? Um, it might. Oh, I gotta look that up now. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, so that, that, that's going to be Sunday, August 27th um, at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And, of course, we are streaming now live on not only DiamondClub.tv, but Twitch.tv and YouTube Live. Um, and that you just look for Have a Drink Show on pretty much everything. I'll so, be watching all the comments like a crazy person. <laughs> all the chat rooms. Um, so, and then uh, the next audio episode is going to be posted around September 5th, so um, just after Labor Day weekend. Uh, we will cover our next spirit on the list, which is brandy. Um, mm. You can find our audio shows, by the way, like today's, on your podcatcher of choice. Um, and we've got, just as a reminder to people, in case you don't have a podcatcher of choice yet, uh, we have links on the website to subscribe on iTunes or Pocket Casts. Um, Pocket Cast is available on iOS and Android. So, just so however you're listening to this now, if you want to find another way. Well, you know, <laughs> some some people could use the website for all we know. They could, yeah. Uh, I don't look at anything, so. <laughs> yeah, I try not to listen to a lot of our stuff. I can't stand my own voice. <laughs> Having said that, let's move into some I mean, news. neither can I, but there's at least three quarters of a show I can listen to. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, our first story isn't really a story, but more of a trend. Uh, found this one on Draft Magazine, and it hit kind of close to home for us here in Cincinnati, so we went ahead and ran with this one. It is, this is why my brewery shut down, and this is not so much an article or news story, but a series of interviews with brewers from breweries that have closed, and it's a really good read. I'd highly suggest everyone just take the time to go over to Draft and read this article. It's really good. It's showing all these, uh, and we were discussing it beforehand about there are things that tie a lot of these stories together, and they're all still, like all these breweries closed for their own reasons. And, like, each reason was different. So it is a good read. But since the mid-2000... Go ahead. I was going to say, it's it's hard to point to a single mm. unifying, this is the reason these have shut down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, since the mid-2000s, opening a brewery has been a pretty solid business decision, even as the total number of breweries in the U.S. rapidly climbed toward the highest it's ever been. The failure rate of a new brewing operation was near zero. Entrepreneur Magazine even hinted in 2015 that craft beer was as close to a sure thing as an investor could get. But in recent years, that aura of invincibility has cracked. Craft Beer's decade of double-digit growth finally ended in 2016 with brewing trade group uh, the Brewers Association reporting that craft beer sales had grown just 6.2%, less than half the growth reported a year before. Large legacy brewers seem to have felt the brunt of this slowdown with Bridgeport Brewing Company, Craft uh, Brew Alliance, and Stone all announcing staff reductions within the past six months 
and speakeasy ales and lagers abruptly shutting down in March and reopening under new ownership in May. The number of new breweries and brew pubs opening has been dropping since 2014, while the number of closures has been steadily increasing. A total of 97 craft brewers shut down last year. Wow, that is higher than I thought. Which represents the most closures in roughly a decade. And while the failure rate of breweries is still uh, still remains incredibly low relative to other industries, those 97 closures represent an increase from 78 in 2015 and 75 the year before. Meanwhile, new brewery openings have uh, been dropping by an average of 3.3% each year since peaking in 2014. So far, 2017 seems to be indicating a similar trend in closures, and even well-established breweries aren't immune. Valiant Brewing Company and Branch Line Brewing Company had both been around for four years before the former closed and the latter filed for bankruptcy. On the Tracks Brewery and Offbeat Brewing Company were both were six. both six. There were six before they were 86. <laughs> yeah. Uh, San Diego Stalwart Lightning Brewery had just passed a decade in operation before being put up for sale in December. Okay, that one makes me kind of sad. Yeah. I've never never had them before, but like 10 years, that's it is actually a decent amount of time. You're yeah. you're invested at that point. So the big question, what's going on? Is increased competition causing the closure? Uh burdensome regulations, fickle customers, is the rent just too damn high? Oh yeah. And it isn't even possible to open and operate a successful brewing business anymore. Uh, to find the answers, we called up the folks who own, or owned rather, several of the breweries that have shuttered in the past year. Here they are in their own words. So yeah, uh, we'll discuss this, but you all really, I'm not going to keep reading all these interviews, uh, but please go look at them and read them. It is great. So comparing this in Cincinnati, uh, last week we had Blank Slate Brewing abruptly close their doors. And it was real mysterious at first. Everyone was very concerned because all they, like, at first, I guess they just, if they deleted the website and deleted all their social media, just vanished. No one knew what was going on. And it was later in the week that uh, finally we got a blog post from uh, their founder who said he hoped, you know, he could just shut the doors and fade away. But he had operated, everyone had always said he operated on a shoestring budget. And everything had always worked out. They had been in operation for a decade or more. They were one of the first breweries in Cincinnati, one of the craft, first craft breweries. And one of these interviews is with one of the other first craft breweries in Cincinnati uh, from 8-Ball, who has also closed. They were the first one in this region, and now Blank Slate is the second. But he just said he kept the doors open until the day he couldn't. Yeah, like it's like there's a lot of like depressing stuff honestly as you go through some of this uh just because like the you know people poured their 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 heart and soul into their work and they had to do all this and then eventually they it, it they couldn't keep going anymore um and you know there's a whole lot of different reasons one of them i found interesting was that there's uh i think it was the one river mile 38 uh brewing company where like they were just too old. Yeah, they were it. just like we're just too damn old. This is a young man's game. It's like, and that's where the catch twenty two is because the young men don't have the money to do it, 
and the old men have the money, but they don't have the energy and time to do it. Right. Are you telling me I'm going to get money when I'm older? No, that's a lie. No. Our generation <laughs> will die penniless. Oh. Okay. Well, um, anyway. The, the uh, But, yeah, like, one of them, I forget which one it was, but they, they were really hitting on the idea that it's it's difficult to work in the you know you you have to be either be the new hotness or you have to be an established brand mm-hmm. uh and it, it it's really difficult to work in between that because there's you know competition is kind of high uh oh pardon but just being able to try to to i guess keep everything going and trying to sh- keep keep up growth it's difficult to do when I mean, like, I'm guilty of it. I go around looking for some new beer. I want to, if I'm going to a bar, I'm trying something I haven't tried before. Right. Which one of them mm-hmm. mentioned specifically in the interview, like, because they were saying, like, people don't want to just keep coming. People don't always want to come back to the same old neighborhood bar because lately anybody now, especially if they're really into craft beer, they're like, well, what do you have that's new every time you go into these places? And if you can't keep up with that, what are you supposed yeah, to do? Yeah, and. You, you can't really blame the consumer in that. When you have choices, you want to exercise them. You want to yeah. go out and see what's there. The problem is sometimes that means not everybody gets, you know, right. gets the consumer numbers they need. Yeah, uh, that was one of the knee-jerk reactions here when Blank Slate closed, and it really cheesed me off. Uh, I will keep it censored for what it did. <laughs> but there was a fair amount of shaming going around where people were on Twitter just... No, this is everyone who wouldn't, you know, drink blank slate dependably. It's your fault they're closed. You caught, you ruined this man's dream. It is your fault for being a fickle customer. And I'm, just, I'm sitting here going, I'm gonna drink what I want to drink. Uh, you can f off with that, <laughs> because yeah. I didn't drink a lot of blank slate stuff. I'm sorry. I, they were always on my list. We wanted to make it out to their tap room, but me individually not buying. Some out and about Gosa every time I go out doesn't you mean can't. I closed the brewery. Yeah. Although, I mean, you do drink a lot. <laughs> Your dollars could have saved them. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. They're not, they're not saving us. Uh, but, but no no one customer is to blame for. No, I think it, it for all these breweries, it goes back to um, they went into business. And things were good. Things were great. And when things went from great to being mediocre, plans were not beefy enough, were not, didn't have enough wiggle room in there for them to still make money, um, for them to be able to grow, for these breweries to be able to produce and um, survive in, in those at the level they were trying to make beer. It's a business problem. A business, you know. Whenever you're coming in and and everybody, you're getting these articles that say, you know, there's beer is the next sure thing. Um, that's a sure sign. In, that, that's a sure sign that it's about to not be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly right. And, and you see, you know, they're working on margins of one to two percent, three percent, and you can't grow any further then it's a poor business plan issue. Whenever you're looking at these breweries that come in with, with a lot larger margins and have a much better sense of what they could do if something doesn't go as good as it is now, um, 
those are the ones that in the good times and the bad times, their brewery is still going to make money. They uh, there's there's one of them here that talks about uh, I think it's in the first group with uh, the the first little block of this stuff they talk about from the uh, ale syndicate in Chicago. He talks about how there's the business side that not quite everybody is prepared for because I, I a lot of the time I imagine with a lot of breweries when they get started they are they are brewers that are wanting to to go out on their own or you know home brewers that want to make their own thing right. and they may not necessarily be like have like a, a really solid business plan they just have a, a, a beer they want to get out there which is admirable but to some degree you need that that you know you need to have a strategy. You need to know that yeah. your first year, your first year is going to be your best year. And that second year, there's someone, there's, you know, there's a new girl in town. And that's where they're all going to go. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a lot of people in town. It's when Blank Slate closed their doors, uh, it's become there are 10 more breweries set to open before the end of the year in the greater Cincinnati area. Mm-hmm. And everybody and, at those breweries needs to take a pause and rethink all their business right now because it yeah. is not a sure thing. And this just showed it because every, there was such admiration for Blank Slate. They made some of the best, most unique beers in the region. No one could compete with because they did no automation. Everything was hand-brewed from their lead brewer. Who, he, there were three employees there, and he did not believe in the automation. That was another sad thing that came out of them closing is they said it goes to show this is not a game where your dedication – to making a fine product is going to keep you open. It but automation doesn't doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad product. It, oh, yeah. It helps that's... three people make a lot more beer. Yeah. It, it, technology, if you're afraid of technology, that's one thing. If you don't want to use tech to help improve your, your productivity. Right. And these... I don't, I don't want to, like... I don't want to like you know crap on the guy's romance of the you know handcrafted sure. whatever, but yeah, no, it's like, not always practical. Just make more of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was another and part we- of his downfall. Is in 2015, he had just uh, expanded, mm. just so they could put out more into bigger. He like he got bigger systems, bigger vats, and everything, and then sales just kept going down because it was going. It was kind of that, a, I hate to take steal the line from the founder, but it's like, is it it's a chicken or the egg? Is it you're not selling enough uh, beer because you're not brewing enough? Oh, or God, <laughs> I just started watching that the other day. Oh, I'm like God, halfway through. A, I need to finish it. it is a, isn't I, Nick Offerman freaking amazing? I didn't know Nick Offerman was in the movie. Neither did I. I mm-hmm. just lost. It took me a second. I was like, wait, is because he does have a mustache, and I was looking. Like, I, heard voice. It, I heard yeah. his voice, and I knew he was nearby, but I was like, <laughs> what is it? Oh, my God. <laughs> Whoever casted this movie is amazing. All right, back to beer. <laughs> Sorry, back to beer. Um, but but these guys, they, they have business plans that say, if I put in my business and everything goes perfectly well, then I'll make it. Mm-hmm. And then something doesn't go perfectly well. They have no wiggle room. They've got no space, no nowhere to go except out. And You've got a, pl- you've got a plan for when, you know, the, the bubonic-plagued rat falls into your, into your vat. <laughs> Yeah, that may be a little bit out there, but I mean, it's you've like got to be prepared a, for it. You have to be the Batman of brewing. <laughs> it's like making a home budget. You know, you buy a house, you buy a car, and you think everything's going to be great. Your home budget doesn't account for bubonic plague. <laughs> Does not, but it should account that if if somebody loses their job or can't work for a few months because they broke their leg, yeah. 
what's going to happen? How are you going to make that happen? Are you going to lose your house because you bought a house that was too big? Um, and that's where we get into very similar things that happened in the housing crisis. Maybe it's why yeah. we don't have a house my, yet. My Which... <laughs> big thing whenever I hear about breweries closing down, I never follow up on it, but I always wonder how recently had they expanded because I would bet mm. dollars to donuts that a large percentage of the time, if they had just had an expansion, they have put too much money in to actually be able to do what right. they're able to do. Yeah, it's not sustainable. Like their interest, the interest payments are too high for them to sustain it. And it's that's one of these stories from Eight Ball, which was here in Bellevue, Kentucky. Uh, he talks about skewmageddon and a bunch of these things. How you know how the saturation and battle for shelf space, and they can they're able to look at that because they also operate one of the largest uh, beer sellers in the country. So they like they are dealing with this on a day to day basis. When they decided to close Eight Ball, it was because they were at a point where it was. They've also started a new Rift Distilling, which is where Eight Ball was technically under that. But they had to decide either expand 8-Ball because it was breaking even. It was paying for itself. And that was it. They had to expand it if they wanted it to be profitable. Or close 8-Ball and double down on spirits, which are blowing up with bourbon and things like that. Like, your profit is insane on that. So they made the decision. Like, they made the business decision to close 8-Ball and not expand it. Which may have been part of the business plan to begin with, is because they didn't build a facility. They rented that facility basically from the the liquor store there. Mm -hmm. It yeah. was it wasn't like a permanent. They didn't have a whole lot invested in it. It was more of a tap room than it was a, a full on brewery. Yeah. It just kind of had that thing going on in the back. But you didn't go there for their beer. You went there for. The other beer they had on tap. You always went for the guest taps for like yeah. Rare Keg Mondays is a big thing that since Braxton has moved in and that's now Braxton Labs is that old space. And they've carried over that Rare Keg Mondays and now they've started Untapped Wednesdays where every Wednesday they put beers on tap that will get you untapped badges. Mm, yeah, I, I thought you had said untapped or on tapped. And I was like, which way is this going to go? <laughs> I, my hearing's not great sometimes. I mean, so what's going on? Yeah. Dealer's choice at this point. But okay, so the the theme that I noted, so I, I I grabbed the article and highlighted some points from each interview. The, the, you get some of the same themes. A lot of talk about overhead and and not accounting mm. for that. Um, a talk about space, which I guess kind of goes in with the overhead thing. Um, and then you have you know everybody saying some stuffs go stuffs about to go down in this industry, but at the same time it's a huge it's a crazy booming industry. So I, I feel like and and. I hate to keep, you know, we, we talk about Braxton all the time, and I'm sorry, guys, but um, it, it, it is an interesting thing to watch in that, and granted, you know, the day that they close, of course, that we're going to be like, well, yeah, that's all. <laughs> Whoops. Um, but it, it's interesting to see so many of the things that they're doing correctly that I feel like some of the smaller breweries are not taking into account. Um you, you not only have the space issue, but you also have to think of outside sources of funding. For example, Braxton not only got, you know, capital funding, but did a Kickstarter. Um, they you, involved, they made the community financially invest in got, them. That was, also got, that's what it was. The yeah, yeah. I was going to say, like, just doing a Kickstarter didn't do it. The yeah, idea it was, it was that both. 
that you are a part of this to yeah. a degree yeah. if, creates a certain loyalty that makes you come back. All the Kickstarter, anyone who is part of the Kickstarter, their names are burned in wood in the tap room, yeah. and it is just like you are given. And they still get benefits to this yeah. day. Oh yeah, that was for part releases of, and stuff. If you donated at certain levels, like you get every bottle release set aside for you. And like oh. they they treat yeah. if you back like we're still sad every day we're like oh, we're not backers, but like so not only that they so they've done the they started the financial thing in a smart way. Um, Braxton is actually run by essentially a family. Um, the it's a it's a two the two brothers and um, they kind of had their parents involved and then they brought in an outside second head brewer, um, but they. They knew which people to put in place for certain things that made a ton of sense. They've also been insane when it comes to social media, which I think is very important. Uh, We talked about the technology thing. Not only technology for brewing equipment, but technology for everything else. From day one, they had TV screens everywhere in there. Not only for the normal, you know, you're at a bar, you're watching TV, but they were highlighting untapped check-ins. Um, their their presence on Twitter and Instagram, um, all of that stuff. Plus, they were very smart about their space. Yeah, now they have Braxton Labs, which replaced the space that Eight Ball was in after Eight Ball closed. But Braxton is it took a minute still to um, expand, and they went up instead of out. They just replaced. Yeah. They've been replacing small things here and there to make it make sense. And then now they're suddenly they're in like four different cities in Kentucky. Um, I can get it down distri- here. Yeah, distributing. Which, today there was like, a release in Lexington. Uh, they released it in like four or five cities simultaneously this morning. Oh, right. uh, there was a line outside Liquor Barn. I saw them tweeting the picture for their New England IPA that they released mm-hmm. in cans at Braxton Labs mm-hmm. initially. And th- so I I guess seeing that and then getting the themes from these different interviews, it just kind of makes me think like you really have to have somebody who's smart, not only in business, but in, I guess, in strategy, like in, in marketing and just, yeah. yeah. The, well, and, and marketing for, for the merchandising, biz- the, merchandising. Well, and, and they have that too. They have, they now do, they've got I've quite just, a little shop in there. I hear um, marketing and then I just, I immediately flashed to yogurt. Yeah. I was going to right. say Braxton, the lunchbox, Braxton, Braxton the, the, the coloring box. Yeah. But it's like Braxton so... the flamethrower. <laughs> it's Kids actually love it. like it's not totally wrong though. Is the thing like you've, if you for those who haven't been to the tap room, like the one the tap room in Covington has such a, a a weird array of products at this point. Like you've got things from from dog, dog bowls to um, dog treats and then uh, uh, coffee. They've also got d- their own sauces now that, 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 to, that they sell for for furniture. cooking. Yeah, yeah. You they, can, you buy, can like, buy barrels that have already been hollowed out and put lights in. And, yeah, and, turned into bars for you and like, like all this stuff. My point is like they've been smart every step of the way, and now they distribute in the major cities in Kentucky, in the greater Cincinnati area, and have a second location. Plus, they've been they've managed to um, replace the stuff with bigger and better things in their main tap room headquarter kind of area. And, and well, let's. Let's be clear. Also, making some quality beverages. That's yeah. true, and that, that's another point I was going to bring up because we're seeing the same thing in um, in a, another Cincinnati brewery called Urban Artifact. In that, they are constantly putting out something new and different every, for people every and month, so, and they still have their tried and true, which everybody goes to. But at the same time, 
you can easily go there and say, hey, what's new? And they're going to have something they're gonna have that some, you haven't had before. They're going to have some wild, off-the-wall stuff. Yeah. Like next weekend, they're going to have uh, three different mushroom beers. And when I say mm. they're going to have two beers brewed with a different mushroom. So well, it's I don't be, know you how can that get, would taste, but I want to try it. Oh my! Well, they, and they're all still wild ales. That's what they yeah. specialize in. That's all well, they yeah, do. Yeah, I know, but the mushroom is what's. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. That's why I'm saying, like, I wonder it's what that crazy tastes stuff like, with like that. shiitake uh, salad uh, beers and like, you're like, what the hell is that? I also now want pizza with mushrooms. Right. Oh god. Um, and and they haven't done massive expansions. Their can releases are pretty limited. Um, and they're just in the greater Cincinnati area, and still not to like everywhere. It's not like they're putting shit in Columbus. But at the same time, um, they they're making smart decisions about what they do, and people are excited about their beers. Like they've grown since they started. Now, granted, they could easily turn into the the four year, you know, and then suddenly close thing, but. They're, they're still doing pretty well. Like, I think that the general theme here is you've got to make from, better decisions. From the, outs- from the outside. I don't, we can't see their books. Yeah. Right. So you've got they to be, could be good up to business. their eyeballs in debt. We don't know. You've got to make good business decisions, but you also have to be passionate about the beer. And personally, 8-Ball did not have good beer to me. Like, that, I understand aside Whoa, from the business stuff. Whoa, it comes down. Whoa. <laughs> I understand aside from the business stuff. I, they were not constantly making new things. They, were, you could tell they were not fully invested in the beer thing, and some people oh. aren't. All right, closing thoughts on this one. We got to move on. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say it's. I just um, want to make that point. <laughs> passions were ignited. Things went down. We apologize. Um, Shots got fired. Casey, um, closing arguments. Yeah, I've pretty much said what, you know, it okay. is what it is. It it boils down to just making good beer doesn't float. Right. And yeah. it's going to be 3.3% of of loss is pretty good for an industry. Um, that's not signaling the brewpocalypse uh, where all these breweries are going to close and sell off to AB and Bev. But um, we are seeing fewer people in that sort of, medium-sized brewery range i think braxton has started to make it out of that that pocket um out of the 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 local pocket and starting to get into the it's regional there yeah they're they're going to the larger fish in the pond scenario yeah and and the the, it's it's a you know it's a catch-22 whenever you look at it because these people that come in and make really great beer um, sometimes don't have the best business sense and the folks that have the best business sense may not make very good beer. So it's a, it has yeah. to be a very, very good marriage between the two before you, and I guess Braxton came in, they really liked beer. They liked brewing it, but they got a brewer from somewhere else. So Richard th- can that helps brew. The, the man has, I can what is it? He has three or four decades of brewing experience at some mm-hmm. world-class breweries and, like no, he was he was a sure like he was what made it a sure thing was bringing someone in yeah. who knows how to brew the difficult styles. Do you just I mean it's just it goes to show you that you can't just be the average Joe off the street and make this brewery that turns in well I mean some people do that but they're not average Joes if they turn into like this massive brewery that does great it, they do it and it happens because of hard work and because of a lot of long nights and putting the right people in the right roles to get things done yeah I will say I agree with that but at the same time I can't say that people who failed 
weren't, you know, doing the work. I just think that they were right. that something went wrong. There, there are things you don't account for. Mm-hmm. They may have made mistakes or, you know, maybe just the, the, the current taste didn't go to them and it went to someone else. Right. It's... There are a number of reasons why they could fail. Sure. It's mm-hmm. what happens with any business venture, though. Right. Yeah. Takes... It's, 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 I, I just have to enforce that it is always a sad thing when, when someone, you know, someone made this business as a dream and it, 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 it's over. And that's, yeah. I wouldn't, yeah. It, I'll expand it upon takes that. It's a combination. Yeah. I was going to say, I'll expand upon that to come into my closing thoughts as well. I wouldn't say failed. So the breweries that have closed on here, most of them, when you read through this article, they are not done. The brewers are moving on. Some of them are reopening with different investors and things like that. I wouldn't call any closed brewery failed. They succeeded in pushing their dream out there. Like, it was their dream to brew beer at that scale. Whether or not, you know, their market, like, as you read these stories, you find out there are there's a different reason for everyone. And I w- failed, I don't like that term for it, but they did close. Like, their business may have... As a business, they may have had to shut down or they may, you know, reinvest elsewhere, different things like that. But I think what it comes down to is what I really want to say is as consumers, we should not be shamed for what we buy. No. You drink what you like. Keep it there. If you mm-hmm. like AB InBev, I will not shame you. I will. <laughs> Casey I will. might. <laughs> I do not purchase it. You drink there'll be some and... quiet there'll be some quiet judging coming from me but i won't i won't vocalize buy it and drink what you like <laughs> now it is the craft industry and your local craft community are kind of depending on you as a craft consumer but it's how do you how do you spend your dollars do you support one craft brewery and just that one and help try you know help them make ends meet while there's another guy two blocks up that you never make it to while you're spending all your dollars there. Do you make it all around town to where you hit every brewery like once a month, but you're spending so little at each one? Like it, you, It's not up to you to keep these places open. It is up to you to drink what you want and what you like. That is it. To, Do not feel... them to make sure that you have, uh, that they have things, something to fit your tastes. Yes, it is not up to you. You are a patron. You are a consumer. It is up to them to put out a product that appeals to you. That's the Anheuser-Busch motto. (laughs) We make a beer that appeals to the most people. That's how they're still in business and how they're so big. (laughs) It's it's how they are ridiculously successful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Give the devil his due. All right. (laughs) Brittany, any any closing thoughts before we move on? Okay. We're, We're done with that one. That was a long one. So our next story, we'll try and chew through this one real quick. Uh, it's from Brewbound. So some of you may have noticed we shared this story out. New Belgium partners with Dick Cantwell and Ode Beersel to acquire Magnolia Brewing Company. So uh, Magnolia was out of uh, San, Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah. A yep. uh, group led by New Belgium Brewing Company today announced it would acquire San Francisco-based Magnolia Brewing Company as part of a bankruptcy proceeding. Terms of the deal, which is expected to close in September, were not discussed by either company. Uh, there has been an update where they say see above. Uh, the newly created partnership called New Belgium Brewing Group will be a majority-owned subsidiary of New Belgium Brewing Company. Uh, the Elysian Brewing Company founder, Dick Cantwell, not at all, so it's like he left when they were bought out. Yep. Uh, who is the longtime boyfriend of New Belgium co-founder, Kim Jordan, 
and New Belgium. I'm not even gonna try and say that. Oud Birsel have also invested in Magnolia as minority partners. A fourth silent partner, whom Jordan said comes from the consumer packaged goods industry and is based in Portland, Oregon, is also involved in the deal. <laughs> Jeff Bezos. That's, that's brewery, <laughs> but it's browery. Oh. Browery. Oh. Browery. Oh, okay. So this is great. Uh, they had to file for bankruptcy, and essentially what's happened is New Belgium has swooped in and saved the company. by like They were putting themselves up to be purchased, and New Belgium has stepped in. But uh, I'm not going to read this whole story because of time. One of the more exciting things that has come out of this is through these partnerships of these three different uh, or two different brewery, two different breweries and uh, a company out of Belgium. It is bringing uh, the nation's first lambic blendery. So here in the U.S., very shortly, we're going to be able to get authentic lambics. So that is going to be very exciting, and I'm willing to bet New Belgium will probably be pushing those out under their label. Mm, that's fine. So that's extremely exciting. Thoughts? <laughs> um, Yay? I don't know why I need pictures of yeah. of Dick Cantwell and Tim and Jordan Kim, right. in this article. I don't know. Putting pictures of Dick out there kind of helped to be like, no, he's not the guy who were in those ABM Bev high-end videos trashing. That's probably craft. the reason why he was in there. It's like, no, uh, Dick's no, the I'm... one who left when they sold. He said, forget this noise, and I'm starting another brewery. Uh, no, I was really excited to hear this because was, it was – the other end of like you know like everyone's closing everyone's being bought the end is near <laughs> new belgium comes riding in on a, <laughs> on a white horse. majestic beer horse yeah. <laughs> on their bicycle <laughs> that was a bicycle <laughs> on their bicycle with their superman costume only has a big n on they're it riding in their bicycle they have a little red wagon attached to it just <laughs> filled with money <laughs> we're here to save you <laughs> yeah instead of the superman logo it's actually got a hop on it <laughs> Uh, real quick, one thing that can be had from this story to as a big conversation piece is how do you all feel about a brewer like New Belgium starting to diversify and buy, uh, it, again, not failed breweries, but ones who have had to close? I'm, I'm good with it, personally. Uh, yeah, I think it's probably the best best option because they, they don't have the evil mentality that some of these others right. have. This could be the slippery slope on their descent into, <laughs> into evil. How long before New Belgium starts killing younglings? <laughs> After having been there, like they are excited about beer. Like they are. Oh yeah. They are pumped about what they do. Every employee I'm... is just like shaking with excitement. Or it could be the withdrawals from not having a having had a pint in five minutes. We don't know. <laughs> the devil or the DTs that makes them shake like that. Um... <laughs> Rev Payton reference. Rev is Rev is coming back. Speaking of, he is. To, he's going to be in. He's going to be in uh, uh, Cosmic Charlie's. Yeah, he's coming yeah. back to. They're coming back to Cincy as well. So we're definitely the one in Cincy. I think is on a Friday or Saturday. So we're definitely. Casey, that. are we getting tickets for Miracle. this? I don't know. I'll have to look and see. I'd like to come down because they're like a month or two apart for those two shows. So I would like to hit both because mm. I'd like to go see Rev with you guys. I must look this up. So yeah, that. Uh, yeah, I mean they were in. Only had fallen on hard times because they were expanding again, but like we said earlier, <laughs> and <laughs> they ran into some unexpected construction issues, and so they were having trouble paying the bills. That uh, so they went into bankruptcy protection, which is basically the way I think that version is a reorganization. It's not a liquidation; it's reorganization, and so it allows you to kind of 
figure out a better way to pay your bills and, yeah. and look for additional sources of income. But I like it because I think it comes down to what uh, Stone was trying to do before when they said, hey, as an industry, let's start coming together as craft brewers and keeping ourselves together instead of selling out to ABN Bev and the core. Well, this, it's hard to say comes, anyone else at this point, just ABN Bev. This comes like right after, uh, uh, right after the Voltron of beer got together to hmm. to make their, their little distribution network. Yeah, that, and that, that's great. Like We're seeing exactly what, what he called for from Stone. He was like, guys, let's, as an industry... Let's. We can make it happen. He's like, if we put our combined might together, yeah, we can become Voltron, and we can make this work for the individuals. Just saying that making the way in the world today takes everything we've got. It does. I'm pretty sure that was it. That was his. That was part of his wow. his thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Which works us into the next story, real quick. Also from Draft. Uh, not that I was perusing Draft too much this week. Uh, Perish the thought. <laughs> Funky Buddha has sold. Bum, bum, bum. This one. This is it's another be funky one. glass Buddha. Well, all right. I'll I'll get your opinions real quick. Uh, it's been hinted at, but now it is finally real. Funky Buddha has been sold. In a press release out Thursday morning, Constellation Brands announced its purchase of South Florida-based Funky Buddha Brewing, one of the largest mm. and fastest-growing breweries in the state, best known for a flavor of infused brews like Maple Babe maple bacon coffee porter last no coconut coffee porter which is absolutely friggin amazing and no crusts a peanut butter and jelly brown ale funky buddha was founded in boca raton in 2010 and funky buddha lounge and brewery by husband and wife ryan and gianna since the since family opened funky buddha brewery in oakland park in 2013 we named it brewery to watch soon after so my thought about this, I'll put it. I'll just put out my opinion real quick, and we can move around around the table, and everyone can say their thought. I'm fine with it. Constellation, they again, it comes to which giant thing are you going to back in the future? Are you going to be okay with people selling out to? I, again, I would have preferred this not happen. All, I would have yeah. preferred them partner with someone else, like in their region, to help like move on. It, I don't, it doesn't seem like they were hurting in any means. Like, this didn't need to happen, but again, we don't know. They don't well, say, like, oh, they were about to file for bankruptcy or something like that. But it's... I think this would help their distribution a lot. Yeah, well, I come across Funky Buddha so rarely, because they don't distribute up here, so it takes, like, you know, having a friend of a friend who traded for some Funky Buddha to get it. Yeah. Or going to a release and someone's just passing a bottle of Funky Buddha around for tastes. That's about the only time I get it. I will like having said that I will not turn it down. If it comes around me, if I have a chance to purchase a bottle, in this instance, I'm probably not going to turn it down. Funky Buddha makes great stuff and Constellation Brands, they are buying up more and more. They did make the historic deal for uh Ballast Point. No article mentioning Constellation can go without mentioning how much they spent for Ballast Point. <laughs> and no no other brewery will ever get that amount. I want that somehow worked into our next thing. Like, how much did they pay for Funky Buddha compared to Ballast Point? <laughs> I'm sure it's a fraction of the cost. Well, I mean, technically, oh, yeah. anything less than a billion dollars is still a fraction of the cost. Well, true. I so look, I had to look up the constellation, like what they they have, and on their website officially now, Ballast Point and Funky Buddha are the only ones that you're like, oh, okay. 
And then the rest of them are like variations of Corona and Modelo. <laughs> and Pacifico. <laughs> and Pacifico. So and like these other two on here, like I've never heard of. They're in no way in danger of becoming a, you know, giant in the industry of owning, you know, like this massive percentage and keeping small brewers down. So it, right now, as for now, I'm fine with this. Move around the table. I don't know. They're, they, they could. We don't hear a lot about them. We only hear about the big guy. Right. But they could very well end up. It would be a minute um, doing though. that. I think one of the biggest reasons we don't hear as much is they're not really an American company. Mm. Kind of not. It's assumed that the American company should have America's alcohol back. I mean, AB InBev is it, headquartered it, out in Europe. Yeah, it is. But that's because the the InBev the right. InBev basically yeah. bought them. Yeah, because yeah. InBev, InBev is, is yeah their parent company. Yeah. So, but but it's got roots. It's an American-rooted company, whereas Corona, you would not consider that an American-rooted company. Yeah. Um, and with all the the uh, American on their cans, and it's just like they, you know, they they changed over to the red, white, and blue. Uh, they named their beer America <laughs> over the summer. Yeah. Well, uh, actually, Constellation <laughs> Brands is based in New York. Oh, they're, they're who's the American? Who's I'm, the American I'm looking it up brewery right now. now? I mean, it could be like the Toyota issue where, you know, you've got more of the car made in right. Kentucky than yeah. in, in Japan. True, true. Uh, Depending see. on the car. Victor, New York. Another corporate headquarters <laughs> is in New York. Um, but at the same time, yeah, the, you... Well, okay, they have Svedka, really? Yeah, they own, um, they own a lot of spirits. They have a weird assortment of brands that they purchased. <laughs> like, sure. They have a diversified portfolio that will last. <laughs> That's not No matter who yeah. wins these upcoming alcohol wars. They're like, we got we got stuff for days. Oh, my God. We're, it's not going to be the franchise wars, guys. It's going to be <laughs> the... the... Uh, the brewery wars. God, they have Arbor Mist. I don't think like, think we're in danger of like Constellation. All we're gonna have in like, the future is the Constellation hotness. Brewing and Taco Bell. They have Wild Irish Rose. Come on! <sighs> All right, uh, Justin. Thoughts? Are you gonna when you come across Funky Buddha in at a bottle share? Are you gonna Are you gonna partake? I'm gonna put a strainer on it to make sure I don't get any glass. But... Obviously. <laughs> oh. Look, I'm just saying Constellation has a history of screwing up their quality control. Yeah, um, we'll give you that. And Hard that's that, that, that's the only thing that kind of makes me nervous. Otherwise, I'm like, I mean, I haven't really gotten that much funky Buddha to start with. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's. I would say it's surprising that a brewery that's been around for three years is already bought out. But I. Part of me wonders how many breweries are being made just in the hopes that they get bought out. Yeah, that's oh also... I've seen so many of these brands of wine. Like, I'm looking through this list of they mm -hmm. own, and I'm just like, I've had this one. I've had the, the Ravenswood. Uh, all right, we got to move on. Brittany, Sorry. what are your thoughts? Quick, will you will you sample it in the yeah. future? Yeah, it's fine. Okay. I, I liked that coconut porter, like, way too much. So oh, yeah, the rum barrel. <laughs> the one. last snow. Yeah, I don't oh, care anymore. so good. All right, uh, untapped, quickly. Ah, Ah! Ah! Pickle Rick! <laughs> Pickle Rick! <laughs> All right. Um, who's first? Me. Uh, retroactive <laughs> badges. Uh, so we'd actually, this one's not a badge. 
Um, it's all the badges. <laughs> it's all the badges. Um, all your badges belong to us. Uh, retroactive is. badges have been long talked about feature. After a recent survey of users, how they would feel about the introduction of such a feature, we've determined that there's uh, enough interest to include in our version 3.1.1 update, but not enough to push it on everybody. You must enable the feature. Uh, you can turn it off or on in the app, and uh, it only includes core badges and local non-time-sensitive badges. Uh, so you may have noticed, like I checked into uh, beer, and if everyone remembers the uh, whatever American beer badge, Land of the Free, Land of the Free, it was uh, topped out at fifty before, and I checked yeah, into I beer, and suddenly it hit a hundred, like six... and I was like, "What?" <laughs> I just checked in, and I was at like sixty-two a minute ago. I was like, "What has happened?" <laughs> yeah, uh... so all the core badges are now retroactive. So every like if you go to check into another one, suddenly it will explode and just tell you, no, you've drank all the beer ever. Uh, but yeah, you can go into the app and actually turn it on and all that jazz. But yep. yeah, uh, you can get all your stuff leveled up faster, stronger, better than it was before. <laughs> Aha! And the next one is my bad. I did not actually read the dates. Well, okay, so I, if I get the... I, I'm going to work on this tomorrow, so hopefully I can get this posted before the event actually happens. But so the problem is, this expires soon. Like, a day. Um, <laughs> it's called Blue Moon Mon- Moon Day. I, I want to say Monday, and it's going to bother me. Um, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> on August 21st, the U.S. will witness a total solar eclipse from coast to coast for the first time in 99 years. Raise a toast to this once-in-a-lifetime event with our friends at Blue Moon and celebrate the moon covering the sun. Total eclipse of the beer. They they were really smart with this, by the way. I just have to point that out. Like, good job. A lot of people are. Not to keep tooting their horn, but Braxton on Monday is doing uh, a tap takeover. And they're going to be pouring nothing but uh, the Dark Charge 23. Oh, Dark. That, okay. yeah. that maple uh, Peppy Van Winkle barrel aged. Mm. Oh. I mean, the blue, I mean, moon is in the name. I don't know. It yeah. just helps too. Yeah. Um, okay. So, but it's going to get in... between you and seeing the sun be eclipsed by the moon because you're drunk. <laughs> it's true. Uh, but so the blue moon thing is. <laughs> uh, you just have to check into Blue Moon. Um, basically by the time this episode gets posted uh like in hours but it's gonna be like um i think monday afternoon when the eclipse happens i think run Um, there's still time so it depends on your time zone true 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 um but so uh, august 21st is when it expires it already started so basically just go grab a blue moon essentially for the eclipse (laughs) if you're listening to this drinking a blue moon then you've won yeah you're you're good (laughs) You're listening to this and drinking a blue moon. I mean, there are other beers. You can... <laughs> I mean, there are other beers. And for that matter, they have other beers that you might want to get into. Yeah, yeah, they do. I don't mean to discourage Blue Moon. I just they've got a pumpkin Shame. weed out right now. All right, Casey, what kind of Lagunitas pun with weed are we getting? Uh, <laughs> this is actually something that I think probably we should talk about because this is the first time I've known something like this to happen. Uh, Lagunitas has just come out with Super Critical, um, an L brewed with cannabis turpines, I guess, or turpinase. Turpins. Um, uh, closing the gap between cannabis and hops even further. Yeah, 
all the way. Uh, not only has their founder, Tony McGee, been an outspoken proponent of marijuana. Really? What? Who is They've got a long history of weed-related beers, censored, undercover investigation, shut down ale, and um, beer brewed with the actual founders of the 420 term, the Waldo Special L. On beer, and they're partnering with like-minded neighbors in Sonoma County, Canna Crafts, Absolute Extracts, a family-owned, sun-grown cannabis producer and distributor, to release a pair of innovations that combine beer and cannabis in a uh, new way. Supercritical L is brewed with cannabis turpines, which has have no THC in them. And then the super ape cartridges... Okay. The way this is written is really weird. I, yeah. I can't tell. But and supercritical vape cartridges with hop turbines. These do have THC using hop blends for Naganitas. So what I think they've done is they made a beer with no THC. And the vape with they, THC. Yep. Separate. And then they made a vape with hops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a THC vape with hops and to kind of be combined. Um, says the new technique is like giving our brewers a whole new set of colors to paint with. For now, Supercritical L is California only draft release. Of course it is, because it has products by. Yeah. And you can't take uh, cannabis products over state lines. There's weed in that beer. And uh, I'm just saying this also works for the uh, for the eclipse, because apparently places where the eclipse will cross that path, the full solar eclipse, they're out of weed. Because <laughs> people Mainly are getting high, going to get high and watch the eclipse. Mainly Colorado. Yeah, um, but you can check into one if you're in California, and uh, between August 12th and September 14th. You know anyone in California? I feel like we do. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we do. I think we do. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we we met them. <laughs> Shh. Don't to him. Just let him know that he can or she. All right. Oh, gotcha. Okay, I see what you're doing there. All right. Well, let's uh, move on to this. Uh... Interesting topic. Drinking a lot. I probably <laughs> am. <laughs> yeah, it's our best cut clip, I think, that we have. We're, so we're talking about malternatives. Um, um, although the generic term for a flavored alcoholic ready-to-drink beverage sold in cans or bottles is alco pops which that's sad um there are really three now, varieties now that's that's a thing that gets you sued for advertising the kids right <laughs> My God. come try the new alco pops uh, it sounds like yeah, a yeah I mean, too. alcohol and soda pop uh, that's the um combo it also sounds like a candy to me i don't know why yeah uh, no like it sounds more pops. like yeah uh, like yes i yes. was thinking like a uh, uh, like a ring pop or oh yeah 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 <laughs> Um, but uh, so there are three varieties um, some beverages called spirit coolers contain distilled alcohol that is added to fruit flavorings and sweeteners others called wine coolers which we're all familiar with at you know 17 years old that was um, my first alcoholic <laughs> beverage are uh, similar except was yep. that was mine too I think uh, actually what? no one of, one nope. of these alternative was, my, was mine um, except instead <laughs> of distilled spirits wine is used on, on wine coolers obviously uh, so, but the one we are focusing on today is called the malternative or malt-flavored beverage. Uh, these rel- relatively low-alcohol content beverages are a sweet, fruity alternative to beer, and in the U.S. market are allowed to be sold in the same places regular beer, beer is sold. 
uh, in order to be classified as an alternative or MFB malt. You down with MFB? <laughs> yeah, you know me. Uh, the main ingredient contributing to the alcohol must be malt, just like beer. The concept was created to increase the variety of drinks available to consumers, but due to the process used when making these beverages, they all have the slight flavor of lemon-drenched aluminum foil. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, they distinguish themselves in the market usually by being brightly colored and looking like <laughs> bottled mixed drinks. I'm just saying, brightly colored things in, na- in nature mean don't touch me or drink me. Not wrong. Yeah, like much. frogs. Yeah, that's... Don't, brightly don't, colored don't frogs, those. don't drink them. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> uh, wine coolers had been around before alternative beverages, but the rise of the U.S. wine tax left companies looking for a way to keep these attractive beverages in the market, but pay less in taxes to produce them. Taxes on the beverage vary state by state, but, for example, Kentucky taxes beer at 78 cents per gallon, wine at $3.56 per gallon, and distilled spirits at $6.76 per gallon, which is nuts. It's funny since it's bourbon country. I know. Um, well, yeah, that's where they make all their tax money, I guess. Uh, uh, okay, yeah, fair the, enough. The savings could be three to seven times the cost of beer taxes. The alternative became the new industry standard. Additionally, when spirit companies were banned from promoting their product on television, they began making these beverages in their own brand names. Malt beverages like beer and MFB were allowed to promote in areas where liquor were not allowed. This prompted many outspoken watchdog groups to claim that the makers were promoting these brightly colored fruity beverages to children. Mm. Oh, come on. They're, like just, a... they're just shiny and they're extreme. There's a cartoon character on them. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> he looks real cool. <laughs> Mm, drinking my wine coolers and smoking my camel cigarettes. <laughs> All right. Well, way back in 1993, go, screw you. <laughs> uh, sorry. Feeling um, old yet? Way back in 1993 to 1994, a cultural hit came onto the market. Zima. Zima. The clear, lightly carbonated, lemon-lime flavored alcoholic beverage hit the U.S. market. The beverage, created by Coors, Coors Brewing, was marketed as an alternative to beer and shown in commercials as uh, com- shown in the commercials it put out. Coors repeatedly spent fifty million dollars uh, on the commercials series, which replaced the S syllable with a Z, and promoted the beverage to men and women alike. At its height, in uh, it, one point two million barrels of product were sold. The height of Zima's popularity came and went within the, uh, within a, lo- a year of the launch. David Lennerman is credited with accelerating the fall of Zima by joking that the, it was a women's drink on his show and calling it crap. I mean, that's a little unfair. I mean, just because it? it's a women's drink doesn't mean it's crap, and just because it's crap doesn't mean it's a women's drink. <laughs> just add Jolly Ranchers. Just oh, add Jolly Ranchers. Yeah. Uh, in 1995, Zima attempted to win back the machismo crowd by creating Zima Gold, an amber-colored beverage that was supposed to taste like bourbon. Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> bourbon Zima. Oh, I've never I've never wanted to hate something that I've never seen before Every, so much. Everything in my core, all of everything that is me as a Kentuckian, hates that. <laughs> My very blood boils at the thought. 
Zima for the Zima God. Uh, the <laughs> the product failed and was pulled from the shelves within three months. Good. <laughs> good. Uh, well, Zima retained its image for being for girly men. Man, Which as one? I'm reading this, it's like, man, the 90s were a very homophobic time. They were. <laughs> yeah. Although Zima lasted only until 2008, it's much longer than I thought it did, uh, in the U.S. market, it's still sold in Japan, and the beverage was re-released just this year for a limited time, the reemergence of nostalgic-flavored clear beverages. Ugh. Just stop, stop trying to cash in on, on, uh, on nostalgia. The only thing I remember from Zima are the is the commercials of them trying to say it's good for the summer. Think of how hot it is on this outdoor, uh, street party. It's melting our our, our vinyl records that we're trying to, you know, DJ mix with because they thought that was still a thing. Yeah, is it bad that I almost distinctly remember that? Commercial, commercial? Being played cartoon. Yeah. yeah, no, and they put the they put the Zima on the uh, on the record player. on the record player, and it cools everything down. The party keeps going. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. yeah. I feel like I was watching cartoons when that was on. I mean, most likely, <laughs> but they didn't market to kids, Casey. No, <laughs> no, the, no, they no. basically didn't hint in official publications that just drop a Jolly Rancher in there. <laughs> Uh, well, Zima was the pioneer. It was followed by much more successful alternatives promoted by the uh, promoted the masculine nature of these beverages. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Oh, and, hard. And Smirnoff Ice. I don't know how masculine that sounds. But, because James Bond uh, drinks Smirnoff. <laughs> it's Russian. But sure. All right. It probably rode a bear. <laughs> Smirnoff Ice was uh, my first one. It ride bear. Uh, Mike's Heart, I think, was my first one. That or what Corona. Was, what was yours, Chris? That the wine cooler that you said? A random wine cooler. I can't. I, it was some kind oh, of strawberry okay. wine cooler. Mm. Like in one of our first uh, episodes, I admit it freely. Yeah, some weird wine cooler was my first alcoholic drink. I yeah. dare someone to be like, no, my first drink was straight bourbon whiskey, <laughs> and I loved it. Yeah, that's not like no, you're no, lying you're, to us when, all. When you're under the legal drinking age, you take what you can get. Yeah. You're lying to us all unless you're Matt's child, in which Pappy Van Winkle, uh, 20 year, was your very first alcoholic drink. And you loved it. He loved that. At they, the ripe age of like six months or something. Yeah, they were, it was just a finger dipped in Pappy, and they put it in that child's mouth, and he was like, mmm. Yeah, it wasn't like a, a shot of Pappy to no. a six-month-old. Because he was teething. Hold, hold your emails. Yeah. He was, he hold was, your emails because Matt's not on the show. Yes. Yeah. The baby was teething, and they're like, this will help. And it did. And the baby loved it. <laughs> he did. And Matt realized, oh, no. He started a very expensive habit. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway, uh, Mike's Hard and Zemo were both introduced in 1999, uh, and they flourished. Soon after, Bacardi Silver joined the malt-flavored beverage category. Uh, next, uh, The next shakeup didn't occur until AB and Bev bunched, launched... Oh, God, no. Don't let me say this. Starting. Do it! Uh, but light Limerita. Yeah. Uh, and Sam Adams came up with Twisted Tea. Uh, as of 2015, the MFB market was $1.7 billion a year business. Oh yeah, I don't doubt that at all. That's honeycombs, like honeycombs, big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not small. No, 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 no. 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 So yeah, uh, Twisted Tea. It's funny because Oktoberfest is coming, and Oktoberfest, the year that Twisted Tea 
came out before it was available nationally. That they they had like a ton my, of it down oh, yeah. at Oktoberfest. That was to like introduce my it. first Oktoberfest, I think. I think it was the first time yeah. it had you all up. But yeah, yeah, it was great because suddenly there was a non-beer beverage and there. And they had free stuff everywhere. Yeah, they were giving out everything. And <laughs> like, they said booze. They're like, you want a drink? Like, Come up, we'll pour you some. Slap koozie. Oh, the, yeah. I still have that little like wraparound koozie sitting yeah. around somewhere. Sla- slap wrist thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, when you're ready to cut your wrists, you've got your slap koozie. <laughs> <laughs> It's All right. Me of that. Anyway, so <laughs> how it's made. Uh, alternatives start their lives just like beers, and they follow much of the same legislation and tax scheme. In the U.S., that means that these beverages must contain at least 25% malt and seven and a half pounds of hops per 100 barrels of finished product. Wow. Wait, 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 wait. It, it, what? Only, only seven and a half pounds per 100, 100 barrels, barrels yeah. of finished product. Oh, yeah. my. It shows. Also, at least 51% of the alcohol in the final product must be derived from malt. In other countries, producers may add grain alcohols to their drinks without penalty. Because of the laws governing beer, alternative products could brew a beer with as few hops as are allowed and very little malt flavor. Then the brewer would filter the beer through carbon and remove as much flavor and color as possible leaving a neutral malt beverage this is just like it hurts to say these things <laughs> like it in my mouth is like no you stop do not these words cannot pass through yeah take all the hops and all of the malt out of everything it's like Ugh. is this inscribed at in st louis on that that gigantic <laughs> brew like is, is that what's on the wall like, yes. remove as much flavor and color as possible. That, that In quote, that's what it says. Just add rice. <laughs> no, no, we... 25% malt, 75% rice. <laughs> as, as we learned on our last video episode, you can do it with rice, and it'd be extremely flavorful and delicious. Mm. True. Uh, then the beverage is sometimes colored and then sweetened, usually with HFCS. What? High fructose corn syrup. Ah. Uh. My, my brain didn't put that together. The thing that sweetens all the things ever in Everything America. on the planet. Yeah. And flavor is added, which brings the final alcohol content to between 4% and 7%. And unless you're Chris today. And Yeah, unless you're me, and then you went big. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the U.S., there was a loophole that allowed flavorings to have up to 10% alcohol in them. See? And so See? brewers would add citric acid. Ex- this describes what I'm drinking. <laughs> Uh, brewers that add citric acid to distilled alcohol until it fell to this level and then use this flavoring to increase the alcohol content and reduce the malt flavor. This loophole was closed with a law allowing only 49% of the alcohol to come from flavoring. This may be why most alternatives on the market are citrus flavored. Oh, yeah, they, they definitely are. That's true. Indeed. Um, so it, it's not all, you know, we don't get sugary, uh, soda, grape soda flavored beverages and, and Sprite flavored beverages without a little bit of controversy there. Who uh, loves <laughs> orange soda flavored beer? Kale uh, loves orange soda flavored beer. Is it true? That's how we get the, uh, mm-hmm. Henry's orange soda beer thing. Yeah. What beer thing? Who owns that? Henry's orange soda. Henry's, yeah. Uh, yes. That that was one that I saw today. Henry's does have an orange soda. They have an orange mm-hmm. and a grape. 
Yeah. I was about to yeah. get the grape one until I <laughs> like, loves Henry's orange soda. No one. Like that isn't directly at a minor. Um, a study <laughs> from the National Research Council and Institute of Medicine in the U.S. showed 12% of all alcohol consumed was done by underage drinkers, and uh-huh. 20% of 12 to 20 year olds drink alcohol. Although the rate of underage drinking is declining, it's an issue that has plagued lawmakers. 90% of the alcohol consumed by underage drinkers is drank during binge, and there's around 4,300 deaths each year in the U.S. due to drinking uh underage deaths due to excessive drinking um in a survey what's more than i thought yeah um in a survey of teens and adults in 2001 it found that both groups agreed so both teens and adults agreed that alco pops were more popular with teens than they were with adults yes Uh, this is exactly what happened (laughs) with adults can easily get the hard stuff This is what happened with uh, tobacco products, and now this is why you don't see those like the, fruity the, flavored cigars and things, or the vape out stuff for that matter. Because they, the yeah. first alcohol and tobacco came down on the like cigars and tobacco products hard, but it seems like on the alcohol side they've just been like, ah, it's fine. Um, so uh, think back the, to when they were drinking wine coolers. Yes, the good old days. Um, God, when when. We're we're going um, here, and I'll be able to purchase Cuban cigars now and bring those back in. But I still can't get my clove cigarettes that uh, in in their real form. They all have to be like that little cigarillo type. You actually no still can't legally bring uh, Cubans back into the country. You can. There's no limit. It was like a hundred dollar limit, and now there's no limit. Uh, you just if you bring in so many, you have to have a tax on it. To be fair, before it was actually just you had to bribe the uh, Cuban guys getting you through the airport. Mm-hmm. Not that I know people have been to Cuba in the past, you know, decade, but nope. uh, what I was told is that you just have to basically give them a cut. Mm. Like you basically buy like three times what you actually want to bring back in because they're just going to go through your luggage and take as much as they want mm-hmm. because you're illegally Get a little doing extra this. there. Yeah. Yeah. So another survey found that these alcohol pop beverages were the um, choice for teens. So out of all beverages offered, these were their their favorite, and especially young teens. So we're talking like 12 to 15, 16 years old. Whoa. See, I'm I'm thinking of like super bad and yeah, yeah. them trying to find Goldschlager. <laughs> <laughs> um, the efforts to produce a product that is enjoyed disproportionately by more illegal drinkers than legal drinkers has put a spotlight on alternative makers. I'm just saying Mike's Hard Lemonade really just feels like it's, it's like, I mean, it's really fucking 18-year-old, right? Man, yeah. you, you don't even know what they're making now. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, here's uh, part of it. Some, some, some Lucky Charms beer? I mean, some Lucky Charms malt, uh, malt beverage? They're malt cranking beverage. up that ABV, let's just say that. Uh, in 2015, three Ohio State students, of course it's Ohio State, like the number three party school in the U.S. Yeah. Um, Next to like EKU. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, EKU is not high up there. Let's not go throwing stones. No, um, notice that bar goers were mixing alcohol and caffeine, like Jaeger bombs and things of the like. Um, and the Drew Carey show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Buzz well, beer. Buzz, Buzz beer. Buzz beer. Yes. So... 
Uh, in an effort to keep partying and stave off the depressing effects of alcohol as the <laughs> night continued, it allowed the students to drink more and party harder throughout the night. The three students took this information and created a alternative that combined alcohol, caffeine, taurine, and guarnine into one 23-ounce, 12% ABV, fruit-flavored beverage called... Four loco. <laughs> as it gained momentum, some commented that the beverage allowed students to be... Horny, ha hyper, and happy. Just um, all I can think of right now is the Andrew WK of drinks. Yeah, it, it, that's <laughs> what it is. It's time to party. Let's party. That's, yeah. uh, you can go online on YouTube and, and doing research for this. You know, most of the stuff that came up with Four Loco was like just videos of people that were on Four Loco and and how they were just totally out of it, but still going. Like the body was there, but the mind was gone. It's it, it it's created blackout in a can. Yeah. Yeah. It created a point where you could be blackout drunk, yet the sheer amount of caffeine is keeping you going. So you mm -hmm. could be blackout drunk for hours, whereas someone yeah. who's just regularly drinking beer can only be blackout drunk for like 20 to 30 minutes before everything crashes. I'm just yep. saying, buzz beer was stated as, it makes the buzz last longer. <laughs> yes. That's terrifying. I wouldn't want that. <laughs> Right, right into date rape territory. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's just scary. Right with your roofie colada. Yeah. Oh. Uh, by 2009, it was in 46 states and Europe. Now, in late 2009, in November, the FDA notified Four Locos manufacturers <laughs> that they would be looking into the safety of the product. The year before, amid growing concerns, Miller had actually cut out the caffeine in its Sparks oh, yeah. alcoholic beverages. Um. By the late 2010, outlets had written pieces about the negative effects of the product, and colleges had even began to ban the drink on their campuses. Um, by the end of yeah, you can drink, just not Four Loco. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the end of November of 2010, Four Loco decided to pull caffeine from its product, effectively appeasing the FDA and their investigation. Um, Four Loco has been called blackout in a can due to its, its effectiveness in keeping drinkers going long after they would have normally passed out. Numerous I didn't, didn't even read that far into this into this <laughs> yeah. doc. Num numerous deaths are blamed exclusively on the product. That's insane. Yeah, I could I could see that. That's scary. That's really no, that, scary. I've never like I've got to say I don't know if it's just me trying to be snooty, but I ne in college never had Four Loco. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was... Yeah, we would go over into Virginia because it wasn't it, it, it wasn't sold in Kentucky until pretty much after it was. Yeah. The, yeah. The, um. There were knockoff the versions. Stuff in quotes. There were knockoff things you could get in Kentucky, but well, we yeah. always had sports well, the, available. The thing before this was like um, Jaeger and Red Bull. Mm -hmm. That makes me. And you didn't yeah, want to have one of my Jaeger Red Bulls. Ian was. <laughs> I'm not saying I take credit for his failed liver, but it may be my doing. <laughs> he just occasionally looks at that picture and goes, "You did this." <laughs> I'm not saying my genetics uh, plays a large part. But... My Jaeger and Red <laughs> you Bull. You did this, plus the Norwegians. <laughs> my Jaeger and Red Bull was like an eight-ounce glass of uh, Jaeger with a splash of Red Bull on the top. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it, that's that's pretty close to your uh, Long Island iced teas, wasn't it? Just mm. everything. <laughs> My Long Island. Everything iced tea. in the liquor cabinet, and then like uh, half an ounce of Coke. I turned around, looked at the bar, grabbed every bottle, put a splash of everything in, and then there was a little room in the top, and I was like, "Oh crap! I forgot to put some Coke on that." <laughs> it's the it's the um uh, the game over from sixteen bit. Yeah, yeah, it'll it'll end the night mm. pretty abruptly. 
All right. Yeah, Ashley won't let me have caffeine and alcohol. Well, yeah, because it's well, really prior to up. prior to me taking all caffeine out, but like the the fact that I, I get I turn into what she lovingly refers to as instead of Casey, Cassandra, <laughs> and uh, personality. Once I get to that point, oh, that's amazing. Okay, it, yeah. On that is, note, is is this the one that that runs out of the car while we're parked at a red light to go get sandwiches at a gas station? That is closed? that is Cassandra. <laughs> I take no responsibility. Jesus, oh, I'm really hungry. All right, since we've brought up Cassandra, we have to talk about what we're drinking. Okay. See if this plays. Yeah. Oh, Why don't yeah. you go back home to your strip malls and drink your zimas and smear off ices? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh yeah! Perfect. Oh yeah! I just randomly paused it, and that was a good place to end. <laughs> I had oh, to find that God. clip. <laughs> so we have to bring up uh, this coming 420. We get Super Troopers two. Oh yeah! Mm-hmm. That's a perfect. Of course, it's 420. Yeah, oh, good yeah. job on them. I did not know that. <laughs> um, God, that just reminds me of the one scene from the first one. Anyway, um, okay, so uh, I think most of us drank to style this episode. Uh, all of us. Yeah, all okay. froze over. <laughs> Basically. Um, <laughs> one so... of me. One of me. <laughs> I drank officially to, st- like, there wasn't some kind of workaround. No, I am too styled. Yeah. Um, so, mentioned earlier, actually, uh, I got the Twisted Tea from, um, it was, it's actually from, it's a subsidiary of Boston Beer Company. So, Sam Adams more or less makes it. Um, but it's a, a Twisted Tea Company. Anyway, it is considered a malt beverage. Uh, it's 5% ABV. There are no such thing as IBUs on these. And um, the description says, Perfect for a hot day, whether you're floating down a river or playing a round of golf with your buddies. Our half and half, so this is half lemonade, half tea, uh, combines classic flavors of iced tea and lemonade with a kick. Um, oh, God. I want to make the hard Arnold Palmer now with, like, half Mike's hard lemonade, half twisted tea. <laughs> there you go. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it, that's, hard that's a golf drink right there. Are you, Harder are, you, Palmer? are you sure you don't drop a Viagra in there as well, just so that the <laughs> the user base gets some use out of it? Yeah, really. Well, uh, what's the drug Arnold? Uh, Arnold? Is, no. What's it? No, well, what? Have, he's hawking there, pharmaceuticals, so yeah. Yeah, there's which. there's some there's some drug he's hawking. It's got to be like Cialis or something. I'm willing to bet. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I I'm hate sure. to admit, like, because uh, it is a, you know. We don't always drink these things. Want to like... step up to the tea with your nine iron? Well, you need some Cialis. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but no, I think the twisted tea is pretty tasty. I hate to admit that, but like as we talked about that that one year in Oktoberfest, like when they had when they first announced it, basically, um, we were we, we tried it. and We're like, this is oh, you delicious. Know what? I can't. Yeah. And it not that. That Oktoberfest, I think it was like eighty-five degrees or whatever outside, that and we were hot. just like, twisted tea is amazing. <laughs> So like, yeah. thank you. I am slowly cooking. <laughs> yeah, beer like that was the most refreshing thing of the day when you had all these Oktoberfests. Yeah, Mer- I feel like Meritons are a thing that's a little bit more for um, like it's, a se- it needs sixty-five to be, degree day. Yeah, it needs to be a cooler day. Yeah, um, when, uh, it, when it looks like fall outside. Um, yeah, but the the so and at the time when they announced it, they had the regular twisted tea, which is just straight like a tea flavor. And then they've got the half and half, which is the half lemonade. Now they've got all these crazy flavors. They have bourbon barrel twisted tea. They've got um, watermelon lemonade twisted tea. They so, don't have a Boston that's like a cranberry. 
ha- half cranberry, it. half tea. No, I'm surprised by so. that. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it, but I, they've got a ton of flavors. It's just not always easy to find them, oddly enough. Um, all right, Bob, where where are you drinking? Uh, so <laughs> when I went to go, I, I went today to go buy beer for today. I was like, I need, I need. To... My day off was Monday. I didn't want to think that far ahead, so. I'm I'm in the liquor store going, okay, guys, what should I get? Should I get Zima? Because I don't want to buy a whole six-pack. And I finally landed on uh, – I was going to try to get the, the Coney Island hard root beer. Right. Uh, they were sold out. So I settled for Not Your Father's Root Beer, uh, which is owned by Pabst. The other one was Best Damn Root Beer or something like that. Right, which is owned by AB InBev. Yeah, so I wasn't buying that one. <laughs> Uh, and no, uh, it's from Small Town Brewery. It's a 5.9% ABV, uh, and uh, the brewery description is: Don't you miss those carefree days before mortgages, job interviews, or traffic jams? Yes, that was the time when you could just hang out with your friends and not worry about the crazy things you uh, you did ending up on social media. That's the era you'll remember when you taste <laughs> not your father's root beer. At first, hard root beer on the first, uh, as the first hard root beer on the market, this nostalgic favorite is still the most sought-after flavored craft brew in the whole U.S. of A. That is d- that yes, no, they, they yeah. got progressively into Pepperidge Farm remembers. Yeah, <laughs> small town remembers. Um, no, what it should say is uh, tastes just like mug root beer. Oh, it does. Yeah, that's the one we had. Yeah, like what Casey's. That was a Casey's wedding. wedding. Yeah. Casey's wedding. We had some there. That was the first time we were exposed to it, and we were all like, no, this just tastes like straight-up mug root beer. Good job. Yeah. The only problem, like, all those all those beverages, like, they strip out all the flavor. It's, so it's like vodka, basically, by the yeah. time it comes out. Oh, yeah. But that charcoal filtering on the malt beverage gives every single one of them a very weird flavor. Oh, it does. Yeah, yeah there's a, like, aftertaste. That... There's, like, that hint of alcohol. <laughs> like, not, not well, enough. it's got that weird... Um, uh, uh, Lemon soaked aluminum foil. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say more like the aluminum foil thing, where like my tongue feels weird. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, other than that, no, it does taste just like mug root beer. So I'm like, okay, I can drink these all day and barely tell. Hmm. All right. Um, well, I was drinking big. Uh, <laughs> just to say, these are malt beverages. They come in big ABVs. I'm drinking Mike's Harder Blood Orange. Don't judge me. Uh, it's made by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company. I don't know who owns them. I didn't do that. Let the judging commence. Judge, judge me hard. Um, it is an eight percent ABV, like, and it even says it's like eight times Woo! the alcohol content. It's like, so Mike's only has like one percent. Doesn't that come across? Isn't that near beer technically? <laughs> um, IBUs are not to be seen, and there is no peer advocate score. And the only commercial description I could find said, Mike's Harder Blood Orange delivers a refreshing slap of flavor upside your head. <laughs> That's all it said. Uh, yeah, I drank this whole this whole can, and I feel a diabetic shock coming on. <laughs> Mar- uh, a- so it looks like Mike's Hard is owned by the Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, a subsidiary of I don't really it, so it was it, it's like distributed by ABM Bev no distributed by Labatt in 
The wiki page and, is weird. And, That's where I'm at too. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't owned ABM by Bev? ABM Bev globally, but, but the... they have a another um, another like parent company, the Mark Anthony. Yeah. There's so many show companies involved in this. I have no yeah, idea what's. I think it's like an equity group. <laughs> what? I don't even know what's going on with that one anymore. But we did look it up. Zemo is owned by Miller Coors. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. We we mentioned that earlier too, and I was like. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a Coors product whenever it was first launched. So once yeah. they merged, they got it. Yeah. Man. All right. On my end, I'm drinking today with a Jack Daniels Country Cocktail brand or, or flavor. Um, flavor malt beverage coming in at 4.8%. It is made by Jack Daniels. So I felt a little bit better that it was a <laughs> Kentucky-made flavor malt beverage, at least at that rate. Jack Daniels is Tennessee, isn't it? No, that's. Oh wait, no, you're right. Yeah, Jim well, Beam is. this is... one. Yeah, that's right. This one, um, brewed and bottled by Jack Daniel's Beverage Company in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, okay, that's fine. So, I'm just saying. They make Tennessee whiskey, I think, in Tennessee, but I think they may brew this in in Kentucky, or at least it. That's what they say on. That's probably where the parent company is. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so good, bad, ugly. How is it? So yeah, yeah. The this one was is mediocre. I mean, it does have that weird flavor, but it's. I mean, it's a sweet. It tastes like it tastes like soda. Hmm. And um, you know what else can you say? They they are they're pretty tasty if you don't mind that aftertaste. Yeah. Um, so most of these drinks are just they're they're tasty. They they are what they are, and they sell well because that's you know that's that's the thing that college kids and whatnot will will drink. Um, yeah. or, or teenagers, uh, whatever. They want it's something that tastes like beverage. Fanta. They want something that tastes like Fanta, but we'll get them drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing, though, is between what kind of the, the misconception, and just so we make sure that this is clear, a malt liquor or a malt beverage is not necessarily a malt alternative. Mm. A malt alternative means that you kind of get rid of the beer flavor, it's no longer beer. At that point, it, I mean, it's sold like beer, it's taxed like beer, but it's a flavor malt beverage. And so whenever you do it like that, it kind of um, kind of makes it totally different product than, than malt liquor. Right, so um, Zima, Twisted Tea, and, and uh, Limeritas are not the same Ugh. as Mickey's or some other specifically malt beverage. A good, reputable malt liquor. Mickey's. Cult I, fine. Cult Mickey's for, yeah. fine malt liquor. Look I, just, I can't it. think of too many others like, that are malt beverages. Sorry, I just had to remember which one was made by, uh, which one was advertised by Mr. Lando Calrissian. Cult yes. 45. <laughs> for that smooth flavor. <laughs> They're like tasty drinks, but like, I mean, obviously we don't, That's it's like a, it's like the stages of drinking. Like you don't, when you're in your 30s, you don't necessarily drink these anymore. Um, Although, yeah. oddly enough, it doesn't make me want to brush my teeth as much as drinking cider still. <laughs> it's just really mm-hmm. weird. True. All right, guys. Uh, we've rambled on quite long enough. All right. So you can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com. Follow us at haveadrinkshow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. And please rate the show on iTunes and YouTube to help spread the word. Uh, don't forget, you can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. You can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com and you can also use the feedback page on the website anything you want to tell us let us know we're all things you hate things you love deep dark secrets where you hid the body i don't care (laughs) we won't tell until the next podcast 
<gasps> All joking and fun aside, uh, we'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. Don't drink and drive. Uh, if you're twenty, if you're under twenty-one, don't drink. Come on, just just be real with it. Don't even drink malt beverages. No, it's wait. not. It's not. You worth can it. wait. You can wait. <laughs> we, Trust me. We all admitted to doing it. Be better than us. Yeah. <laughs> Always. It's not hard to be better than me, but just be better. All right. Um, so check us out next Sunday for our next live video and in a couple of weeks for the next audio episode. Once again, I'm Brittany Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. We'll see you next time. Bye, Bye guys. Bye, Robot Bye. Casey.